MSW Media. Hi, I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we are Frangela, and welcome to The Final Word! The Final Word with Frangela! The Final Word. 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 I don't know what that was, but I thought I didn't. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and MSW Media. We truly appreciate it. We absolutely do. That is my one of my dogs, Belle. Shut up! <laughs> Sorry. Mama trying to make some kind of money. Sorry I like about the that. blackness of this podcast. I really I, do. That is the thing. It is Black History Month, but just a warning. We're going to be black next month, too. We've already planned it. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Speaking of blackness, we really, truly do appreciate all of our new <laughs> Patreon people who have come aboard. This- <laughs> That's such a weird segue. <laughs> that was- Speaking of blackness, thank you for being a Patreon. Like, like what? I'm not sure exactly what you're saying there. Well, because it's Black History Month yes. and you're supporting this Black-owned business. And That's we right. truly do appreciate We appreciate it in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January also. All them months. All them months we appreciate it. And not just this one. If you want, if you want to give a little extra this month, that is delightful. <laughs> You know, that is delightful. Um, but but we appreciate it all the time. And thank you, thank you. I pat myself on the back for that segue. It just, it just, I'm not sure the association is a little bit weird to me. I'm trying to follow like what is the because it kind of sounds like a little bit like I don't know, there's something in it that's hitting me in a weird place. Okay, okay, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Well, like although we have again, we are not opposed. And I don't know many black people who would be opposed to just randomly giving them money. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that anybody no, would be opposed to that. I don't think so. I don't think so. And you can also, but also for your Patreon, for your Patreon, you get three micro idiots a week. And I'm telling you, it is the best self-care that you can do. In fact, Angela and I had a con- a personal conversation back and forth the other day talking about how much we enjoy them ourselves because we forget what we <laughs> Let me tell you something. We need to be Patreons to ourselves because when I go back and listen, and also, you know, we listen because Laura is an amazing producer, as you know, and we love her. And she always does really cool things with everything, everything that we call producing content. She makes it actually produced, you know? And um, so we always listen. And I was like, for some reason, when we perform, I really do like download it. Like I don't, I can lose it. So for me, when I get these micro-idiots, it's like a whole new, like, I don't remember saying any of it. <laughs> so it's like, I, and I'm just laughing. I'm like, oh, I'm entertained by us. Totally. So I feel like I'm being thank, thanked because of thanking you. Yes. So it's like, it's like I'm getting a double payback. 
Yes, yes. And you can, while you're on the internet, you can go to the Cameo and put in Frangela and get a specialized video from us. I'm going to tell you, we can give you a pep talk, wish you a happy birthday, That's tell right. the kids to go to bed. And we have done it all. Provide an alibi. I think we need to yes. expand. Yes. I think, <laughs> I think. <laughs> If you, if you need some kind of alibi, you know, that's not, it's not, a, it's not like we're taking an oath or anything. We oh, get to, oh yeah, girl, they were the, uh, whoever this is, they were with us the entire time. You can always join us every Friday on the Stephanie Miller show for Fridays with Frangela or rather the Black Power Hour. And what happens on the Black Power Hour? First of all, that's where Stephanie takes stories that she's been saving all week to set us off. <laughs> <laughs> And we, we knowing it's coming, it's the black. still can't avoid it. No. We know it's coming. Still can't avoid it. I and know. she knows us. She knows us too well. Mama knows us too well. So she knows, and, and, shit's, and, and she's right to, to bring this stuff up because it needs to be brought up and dealt with. Yep. So that is where Stephanie Miller becomes Stephanie Mills and somewhere Stephanie Mills becomes Stephanie Miller and finds herself riding a bike and hiking for six hours one day inexplicably. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. It's amazing. And if you're not listening to the Stephanie Miller show, you should be doing that. I don't know what you're doing. Please, please, please share our podcast with your friends and family on social media. We really appreciate that. We're trying to grow our community, grow this podcast, and you could be a great big help in doing that. So we really appreciate you and appreciate you doing that. Thank you so much. Yeah. And grow this movement. All we ever hear about is this little tiny slice of this country. That's a bunch of stupid fucking idiots. And we need to hear from, uh, we need to hear about the majority and we need to hear about all of us and the cool people and the people who are out here who care about each other. And that's you. So please do. Yes. Well, the white house said it believes Russia could invade Ukraine at essentially any any time. Um, and we've been hearing, you know, Wednesday is the day we're recording today on Tuesday. Um, and Britain's prime minister said Europe is on the edge of a precipice. Russia, meanwhile, left the door open to further negotiations with Russia's foreign minister, suggesting that talks are far from, quote, far from being exhausted, but can't go on indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're handing out the, uh, olive branch in one hand and holding the nuke behind their hands, their backs in the other, you know? Yeah, and I mean, what if, what has he learned? It's sort of the Trump school of media, right? Like, oh, we're withdrawing forces, but then don't actually do it. Right. Um, but this is what I found. One of the things I, I found two things really interesting about this discussion and about what's happening besides the obvious, well, actually three things. Number, the first one is there, there is already a war in Ukraine. They've been fighting for years. They have something like 13,000 people who've already died. So they are, they, the question is, um, other people's involvement in it in this country's involvement. Second, when I'm watching the coverage of there have been massive protests inside the Ukraine against the Russia Russia incursion and saying, you know, don't come here, whatever. But all of the protest signs, and nobody comments on it, all of the protest signs are in English. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm watching these people protest inside of the, in, in Ukraine, and their signs are written in English. And not just English, Americanized English. Right, because you know why? That is for us. That's what I'm saying. This, they are they talking, are, they're people, yes. they're the, their people are talking to our people. Exactly. That's not to NATO. That's not to Russia. 
that's not to Putin or that that is to us. That is to America. And that and that seems to be something that people sort of take for granted. I think it's sort of in the Western our like way that we, you know, have our Western goggles on and we don't even notice some things. I'm like, that's English. Like why that's you know. And then on top of it, then President Zelensky uh of U- the Ukraine, see, this is why you don't and I you know, I don't know enough about his administration to to make an in-depth analysis but i will say i was suspicious of electing a a comedian right because apparently some of our issues right now with this coverage are seem to be based in his background because Mm -hmm. apparently he was being sarcastic and he has this tendency to to be sarcastic he was being sarcastic when he said the invasion could he the invasion the word is invasions happening on wednesday that was a sarcastic comment Ah. and he was and he was the reason he was saying that is because that's what all of the the hyperbolic what he was basically saying is the hyperbolic coverage of the situation because we've been in war and we're in it right now and it isn't like this week is different in some ways you know Mm -hmm. he was so he was being sarcastic and i i only know this because i was watching hottie mick um i need there to be a war reporter is it richard angle yeah richard angle i call him hottie mcnita war hottie mcnita war he was saying that today i uh had messed up and watched a little bit of chuck todd and he was saying this is part of the problem here is that yesterday Zelensky did this and the thing is that he is sarcastic and then he went into you know he was a comedian he had this very successful tv show Gotcha. And he got elected. And so I think that we, and then when you hear Malcolm Nance, who's been on with Mama last week and this week also, you get, I get this completely, like we're, I get this completely different sort of tenor to what's right. going on. Right. Well, look, and just in case you are not the listener, you don't understand, you're sitting around going, but, but, but why is Putin trying to take over Ukraine? I mean, why, mm. why, why? Because in your mind, what was Ukraine before you read this, what you're about to read? What was, it was, it was like, like the size of like what? Like a, a kind of big mall? Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. You're like, oh, with Ukraine, what could that be? What Here could that go. be? But let me, let's give you some facts about the Ukraine. It's the biggest European country, bigger than France, okay? The Donbass territories occupy Russia are as big as Switzerland. So Think about that in terms of size. And at the end of the day, what is happening there now is not a small local conflict as we from the West would like to believe here in America, okay? But it's a hazard for the whole world. Why does it matter? Ukraine is first in Europe in proven recoverable reserves of uranium ores. It's second in place in Europe and 10th in place in the world in terms of titanium ore reserves. Uh, there's a, I mean, there are so many reserves, manganese, iron ore. It's the second largest iron ore reserve in the world. It's the second place in Europe in terms of mercury ore. These mm-hmm. are all natural resources that are in the uh, shell. It's third place in Europe in shell gas reserves. It's, uh, it's the first in Europe in terms of arable land area, third in place in the world in terms of black soil. So it's 25% of the world's volume, which means that shit grows there. Okay. Yeah, it's it's referred to as the breadbasket. Yes. And um and that's the thing. I only know this because of my communism past. Um, but the Ukraine is actually a really valuable resource. Yes. Uh, they've got a ton of valuable resources there. 
you you'd look at all the food that they produce out of there from a, a second in place, a first in place in sunflower oil and sunflowers, a fourth largest producer of potatoes, fifth largest in rye, uh, rye producer in the world. Uh, you skipped over your wheat. favorite, third largest producer and fourth largest pr- exporter of corn. And corn, yes, corn. When and when I think of corn, I think of the United States. Mm-hmm. But but and but maybe that not a you should be thinking of the right Ukraine right like. eighth place in the in in wheat exports you know when you think about there are so and this list goes on and on and on so Russia who ain't got shit is over there eyeing Ukraine's plate and saying you can't become part of NATO because I want. I want those resources mm-hmm. and it's worth it to Putin to go to war for them. And they have been, they've had, they've annexed, which is, I just find with these euphemisms for stealing that get employed all the time, <laughs> you know, I'm um, like, you mean for invading a country and taking over, stealing it? Yep. That yep. annex. Because all we know, the, we, we as man on this earth have got to get better than become better than colonizing and Mm -hmm. stealing and raping and pillaging. It is, we've got to stop taking from each other and start putting back into this earth the respect that it deserves and stop fighting each other over fucking land because we all live on the same fucking rock. But it's just, but the situation, you say that Russia's amassed more than 130,000 troops outside of Ukraine. That's 60% of their ground forces. Yeah. 60% of their ground combat forces and more than half of their air power. That's not a demonstration. No. That costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of coordination, time, and effort. That is an invasion. Yeah. That is, we are going to full-scale invade. So the so and I know that now they're saying bipartisanly that it's too late for sanctions. The question here is, and I'm going to tell you something. There's a big part of me that goes, "Is this because of the Mazars?" Like, there's this big part of me that wonders how much of this escalation is about distraction from other things. Yes. Um, but I, it's it's very very serious, and I and I don't really know. I'm not getting a clear handle on what. Where, what people want to do about right. it right i mean if sanctions if it's too late for that to do anything to implement them to do something what is there well you, you, what what there is is supporting ukraine with troops and nobody wants to do it yeah so we're, we're gonna watch this space and see what happens i mean they've been moving some troops they've moved the pentagon ordered three thousand additional troops to poland yes Um, so that increased the forces to 5,000, but when you're talking about 5,000 U S troops, I don't know how many in the Ukraine and 130,000 Russian troops. Yeah. I don't care how good those 5,000 are. That's not, you know, no, that's not the answer. That's not what's happening. And, and, And for real, at the end of the day, the world has to answer to this. You can't let it happen. I'm going to tell you something. We said it here and I don't know why we are. I have no idea why we're not in charge and we're not on the NSA or something, Francis. You you ha- you cannot step to a pimp and talk about let's negotiate my rate. What ne- what happens if say you're my pimp, Francis? Right, right, right. I'm your hoe. Even I'm even if I'm the bottom bitch, right? right? And I come to you and go, "Hey, 
I'd like to negotiate a new percentage on our split. What are you going to say to me? Zero percent. That's what you get. Zero percent. Every pimp, every good pimp knows to only give you zero percent. And she doesn't mean good morally. She means successful in their pimpery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Because they're not good morally. No, 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 no. That's no. not what we're saying. No, that's not what we're saying. That's what you we're saying. can't... Putin is a, he's a pimp. Yeah. That's all he is, is a, in my opinion, is a thuggy pimp. So the way you step to thuggy pimps is you have to knock them down. Yep. You yep. gotta take their hoes and knock them down. Offer their hoes a better deal. Yep. And knock them down. And I don't know what else to do. So I don't know, but it's, it is incredibly scary. And it just feels like of all this country, you know, we are so, we are not in a good place for being involved in conflicts inside of our borders we just i mean we just by the skin of our teeth got out of afghanistan and the us getting out of afghanistan after 20 years was incredibly ugly we left and and left the place worse off than when we got there yep but you know what i i the biden did it and he's the only person who did and i really you know, and I think that there's no way you can leave losing well. No. Like, um, I, I just, I, this situation is really bad and you definitely, definitely do need to keep track of it and keep an eye on it. And um, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's terrifying. Yeah. Trump's longtime accounting firm cut ties with the Trump organization. Oh, child. Oh, you know what? It's delicious. It's so delicious. Girl, you mm. did you hear me smack my lips? I was, I just got so, and my, my, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to tell you, I'm a little excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm a little excited. Well, and I agree with you. It's the first thing that's happened that made me think, oh, maybe we will hold Trump accountable for some shit. Mm-hmm. Because Francis said it two weeks ago on Stephanie Miller, and it's absolutely true. Why do people seem apathetic in places? All this discussion about whether or not the Democrats or the base is apathetic or isn't involved, it's because you keep not punishing people That's because right. you keep not prosecuting people. It's because living in a world where I'm consistently and daily confronted with the fact that the laws do not apply to certain people. Yeah. The Mazars noted that while they had not as a whole found material discrepancy oh, you know between you know the information what? the Trump organization provided and the actual value of Trump assets, the statement should no longer be viewed as reliable. Mazars cited a non waivable conflict of interest that they can mm-hmm. no longer do any work for the co- company. Conflict of interest is y'all been lying. And we can't stand by your numbers. Let me be clear about something, though, Francis. Now a warning? Now. Now. You're going to tell me, oh, uh, back? Let's We will backtrack like a decade and take all that back. Like, you can't, I mean, how does this work? Because at my level, at my level of life in this country, if I misreport my income to the IRS, I'm fucked. That's right. Right? If I misreport to a bank or get a loan, on, I am fucked. I am in jail. I am losing everything I have. But somehow, an accounting company can choose to ignore wildly fucking different pieces of information for over a decade. Yeah. And then when it looks like there might be somebody coming close to it, be like, oh, yo, you know what? We we can't be on this. When I tell you the level of, of, of scrutiny that you can go through to get a membership at a fucking gym. Yeah. And that these people are able to write on a, I, for instance, I dare you to go write, go apply for a loan and write that your, your, whatever property you may have is valued at $50 billion. Yeah. And then, and then go to the insurance company and say it's valued at a different amount. And then go say, and, and see if you, if any 
of these things work for you because they won't. No, they won't. But you know, but what? here that we have this accounting company, which quite frankly, I don't know how this, how you can back protect yourself yep. because you saw all these numbers for the last 19 years. And the first, it's literally, they're sitting across the table from the authorities, right? From Letitia. Yeah. From the, um, uh, you know, in New York and they, and they're going, Oh snap. Wait. Yeah. That does look wildly different. Mm-hmm. Saying that that parking space was worth $10 one on one form. And in this form it's worth 3 billion. You know what? We don't know if we can trust our own work anymore. Like yeah. I just find this disgusting and what? like, I don't understand how they get to even do it, but it does feel very Capone. It, does. it feels very like this, this should be it. This should enough. be it. And, and you know what I got excited about? I was like, oh, this might be all of them going to jail. This might when be. When I tell you this, when I tell you this word though, first of all, if I was in charge, I'd be taking, you need to take Jared and Ivanka's passports. Yep. The boys aren't smart enough and they have too much ego to get out the country. But if you see Jared and Ivanka building a house in Venezuela or some shit, yep. let me tell you something. They know that they're close. Yep. Those, they are going to stay. But Trump, and Trump is just, he's a, he's a coward, so I think he would run also. Yeah. Um, but this situation, how how the, this, this, the Mazars can say, they're not sure and they didn't find anything really wrong. You didn't, because I did. Yeah. I'm finding something wrong with this amazing devaluation and inflation of of assets. I, they didn't. Right. Well, because white collar crime is legal in this country until somebody says, I have a problem with it. And in fact, we invite, we celebrate white collar crime. I just read an article about some low level actor raising something like $650 million in a Ponzi scheme from, you know, he used to be in B movies, uh, just, just because, and, and, you know, he's going to go to jail now for 20 years, but who gives this idiot walking around saying, oh yeah, I'm going to buy movies from HBO, you know, $650 million. Because there is this thing in America where white men, are allowed free range and they can walk around. Oh, they're allowed to have ridiculous dreams. Exactly. Exactly. And nobody, nobody will, if if you and I walked up and were saying, we're going to raise $650 million, we would be investigated. Yeah. 18 ways of Sunday, Angela. They'd be checking under our skin to see if the blackness was real. Let me tell you something. Melania. Yes. Okay. This shit, this is the thing about this family. And I understand this. One of the things, especially if you've been a a devoted listener to Idiot of the Week, as I know you all are, and if you participate in the Army of the Anti-Dumb, when people do, when dumb criminals do dumb things, there's a part of you that's tempted to say it's not a crime because who's that stupid, right? right? Who is so stupid to make a crime this criminally looking? (laughs) Melania Trump is being, her Trump event is being investigated after this event um, promised proceeds to an unnamed amount of proceeds. That's the first problem, right? It's right. unclear what part of the proceeds, but, but they were promising proceeds to a charity that, um, well, it, Francis, it doesn't appear to exist. Well, you know what? I'm going to say that's better than the cancer charity that they were cheating. See, I, to me, 
It's this one offends me more because it's really you really think we're all boo boo the fool. Yeah, yeah. These like they this charity event was hosted by Melania Trump. It's being investigated after organizers said a portion of ticket proceeds would go to a charity that doesn't. And here's the thing: doesn't appear to exist. What you let pretend she's black? This headline would read: um, Melania Black Trump. Uh, steals from children like it would you know there'd be no question but in any case she was having a high tea event in april in naples florida which organizers say would benefit fostering the future a be best initiative which gives computer science scholarships to those aging out of the foster care system regular tickets cost three thousand dollars and there was a limited vip ending nothing limited about they'd sell as many as they could right vip tickets cost fifty thousand dollars each but they never made clear what percentage of that money would go to a charity but then the New York Times, according to them, there's no charity with the name Fostering the Future or Be Best registered in Florida. <laughs> and the problem is you got to be a registered charity to get money as a registered charity, which yeah. seems pretty, pretty simple to me. So this this whole family, and again, it goes to me, goes back to the every the media really consistently trying to take Melania and Ivanka um, out of the narrative is, and calling them the voices of reason. Whatever. They just a sleazy. Yep. And disgusting as as Donald Trump, that yeah. they of him. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect marriage. I I think they belong together. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we have the conservatives celebrating the Canadian truckers. Okay, what I find so disgusting about this entire of, of Fox coverage of this event is the import an export of American white grievance and the support of it. And um, so, you know, as you know, the uh, Canadian blockade before it was taken apart was holding up something like 355 million in goods in protest, right? So already, so, but then we get the right wing supporting it. Which, you know, as you know, this protest and this blockade was shutting down production and production lines all across the country, especially in Michigan with the auto industry. And so what we're saying now is, well, not we, but the right right conservatives are saying, yeah, let's shut down industry in this country, right? And... The protests are just uh, a visual, a visible part of the larger right wing occupation movement. And, and I want to talk about occupation movement. I want I want you to remember Occupy Wall Street. I want you to remember Portland. I want you to remember all the places that in spaces that on the left we were occupying and how we got badgered and talked about. But and now, didn't do this. These protests did not stop any commerce and did not, right. they did not do this. My thing when they're sitting here confused, this country, it, it's interesting to see it in Canada also. We seem to have um, real difficulty figuring out how to exercise the laws when they're about white people breaking them. Absolutely. Uh, because if this, let this be two black people in a stalled car, like they'd be arrested, car impounded, no problem. And I haven't understood from day one, they're like, they're blocking the, tra- what do we do? What do you do? You take in, you you arrest them and you impound their trucks. Well, you know. You what? have their toe. They're, they're a danger. 
the, to the entire community besides shutting down business. If you have a heart attack in this downtown and what, what happens to you, you can't get no ambulance. Like this is, you would never let this go on. They tore up the streets in Minneapolis to prevent a peaceful protest of the potentially wrong verdict against Derek Chauvin in the George Floyd murder case. That's right. And, and, but for this, we just all sit around for two weeks and go, I don't know what to do. Well, because, because, because the police and the um, government cannot, cannot in their minds understand that far right groups can be real criminals. It's the same thing that we suffered at the U.S. Capitol. Yep. It's the reason why that insurrection was able to happen, because number one, the police tend to be uh, conservative and, and yep. far right. And those are their people and they empathize and sympathize with these people. And when they're faced with these lawbreakers, police tend to, to just legitimize their grievances. And, and when you have sympathies in that direction, you don't have, you're not arresting people. Meanwhile, you, when you stop, when the police stops a person of, of color with a fucking air freshener Thank in their, in their, in their front mirror, they are criminals who need to die and be shot and be Thank afraid you. of. And, and, and go even further. Let's talk about when the native American groups in Canada blocked the Canadian highway some years back over water issues and the pipeline, the pipeline, and the pipeline, heavily armed SWAT teams were ready there. Were there within hours and uh, stormed in, arrested them. Remember, they were throwing bullets and shit at them, oh, rubber bullets, all that. No, this is that they they killed people. They, yeah, and like I, 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 the reality here is when confronted with white people breaking the law, the the justice systems in this country, and it seems like in Canada, just broke down for a minute and didn't know what to do. And on top of it, this is a Western import, as you've said, yeah. that that over like close to 70 percent of the country and more than that of truckers agree with the mask mandates and agree with and, and in fact supported there was one um I gosh, I don't know if I'm going to get 90% of the truckers are vaccinated. Yeah. And that also that they had, they did a, a survey where most people wanted people to get fined. Yeah. For not being vaccinated and for, um, and, or for not wearing masks. I mean, that's not people not being in favor of it, you know, like, yeah. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is not that this is over in Canada, but expect, expect to see this happening on American streets in the next two to three months. I expect us to import this, this type of, of grievance here. And so that, and then, and then it'll be, but you know, you know, look at these poor people, these the working class people. Um, and, and I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch, uh, Rand Paul and I'm going to watch, uh, all of them fucking support this shit. You know, Tony Pern Paul, I can't number one. And number two, I'm watching people coordinated attacks where people are quite clearly, they've been trained by the military or by the police and they are, these are domestic terrorists. Yeah. And period, call them domestic terrorists, arrest them, pretend, like I said, pretend they're black people who may or may not have passed a $1 counterfeit bill someplace. And I bet you, you'll figure out how to handle them. Mm -hmm. Because I, I mean, it is insane to me that this has gone on this long and that 
continually you have Fox News and these people on the right just cheering. Yep. Cheering for anything that hurts this country. Yep. And and how, how is how is that okay with us? Exactly. And speaking of things that have hurt this country, uh, we are coming up on one million people dead from COVID. Yep, that's going to happen very soon. Very very soon. And I remember, you know, remember when we hit twenty five thousand people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was frightening. This article is really good. It's in Scientific American. It's there. The headline is, there is nothing normal about 1 million people dead from COVID. Mass media and policymakers are pushing for return to pre-COVID times while trying to normalize a staggering death toll. And this is important. I, and I found this, this particular example really instructive. Um, New York Times had a headline in May of 2020. The headline was, U.S. deaths near 100,000 an incalculable loss. It used its entire front page to print the names of just some of those 100,000 people who had died. But the newspaper's more recent headline, which I look like in the last week or so, was 900,000 dead, but many Americans move on. Yeah. So somewhere between 100,000 and 900,000, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, those 800,000... You know, no, that's not, we don't really give a fuck, but what normalizing, it is not okay that the number one cause of death is COVID by the way, something we have three vaccines for. Yeah. Yeah. It is not okay to have. And I thought some of these, uh, this article, it's some very interesting and upsetting stats, you know, stats in it. Yeah. Um, 40,000 children in the United States have lost a caregiver about one in every 500 children. That's an amazing, that's, that's a major amount of loss. Um, if you're trying to get people to accept that when the nation is doing okay right now, but we have, we were averaging 50,000 deaths per month you know, and trying to tell us as if that should be normalized. That's right. You can't. 50,000 people. I just read an article this morning that, and here's a famous person, Tyrese Bedford's mother just died today of COVID-19 and pneumonia. That's with, now that we even have these uh, vaccines, you know, and I know that we're talking about, you know, there's going to be a pill in a couple of months that people that should be able to help people and what have you. But we have lost a lot of people. Yeah. And it's if you're trying to get people to accept that what the nation is doing right now is OK and 50,000 deaths per month. I don't How do you normalize that? 50,000. Understand that. This this is one of the wealthiest nations. The, the well, actually, the wealthiest nation on the planet is the United States. The U.S. has continued to have the most COVID infections and deaths per country by far, and has the highest per capita death rate of any wealthy nation. And it it is normalizing that and acting like what's most important. And I hear people say it on the right, on left, all over the place. We need to get back to this. We need to get back to that. No, we don't. We need to live. Yeah. We need people to live. We need them to be, to live and to not live with long COVID and not live with, you know, damaged hearts and lungs and, and other things. You know, right now, my, my stepfather, he's not, he's still in the hospital. He's not doing well. Mm-hmm. And it's because he got COVID. He had, he was vaccinated and all of that, but he's a person with three comorbidities. Um, and he's been in the hospital and he can't, he's not able to get out. And, and we don't know what's going to happen. And it's very, very scary and bad. And when you look at these at these stats, in just 
two years, the U.S. death toll for COVID is about 130% the size of the death toll of four decades of HIV. Yeah. That is not normal, rational, or okay. That is not something we just go, okay, let's just take off our masks. Like, I just, we have got, we cannot get desensitized to the the reality of this. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know anybody who doesn't know anyone who's died who's died, you know, who hasn't died, you know what I mean? Who hasn't had a loss due to COVID. No, and I question all of the deaths now at this point. Yeah. We were talking about Bob Saget and his family. You know, it's come out that his that he died from head trauma. That he like probably fell and hit his head. They're saying, and um, but as it turns out, he had COVID. Yeah. Now, and I said to Francis, all I could think of is when we were sick, when I got COVID, the way it hit me was I was walking from my kitchen. I'll never forget walking from my kitchen to my bedroom, which isn't it's not like I live in a big house, right? It was a little apartment, and I just fell. I fell to the ground, and I like it was like as if my bones and everything just got taken out of my body all at once. And I had to lay there for, it was at least 20 minutes before I could get enough energy to even just drag myself into the bedroom. And then it took another 20 minutes to, to get my strength to drag myself onto the bed. And I'm and all I could think of when I read that he fell and hit his head was, is that why? Did he like yeah. it? Did he, did he have COVID? Did he suddenly have, did he have the same sort of that it's instant on and you lose all strength? And cause it is, the fatigue is something I've never felt before in my life. It is way beyond what you can understand. And and that is why they're able to intubate people without having to put them under because you can't fight anything like you, nothing, you have no strength in you. And I wonder about it. Like, is that ultimately his death will not be called from COVID, but is that true? Yeah. How many people do we know that we know who have died in this past two years? And we wonder, would they be alive if they hadn't gotten COVID at some point in those two years? Did it weaken their system? Did it leave them in more vulnerable position? What did it have to do and I think that we're we're ignoring all of that, and we've become a nerd. And and how can we? I mean, we've had the more deaths than ever. And 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 uh, what I'm hearing about relieving the easiest parts of of our interventions, nope. nope, the least intrusive things we can do for ourselves and for our fellow citizens, wearing masks. Yes, wear masks. Get vaccinated. Get boosted if you haven't gotten boosted. Um, and, and take care of yourselves out there. And that is our final word. Next, it's time for emails, emails. Time to go get your emails. Well, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying I like the singing song and jingle. I'm just saying. I know other people have been okay with it. I miss it. It had a rhythmic thing that jazzed me I can't even up. remember it anymore. How's it go? Oh, it was very, it was kind of just like a kid's that was like, emails, emails, time to go get your emails. Oh, right, right, it was more, right. it was like, it was like okay. that. Which I think maybe got on your nerves a yeah. little bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But if you've got an idea, please send it to franchise08 at gmail.com because it needs, I feel like it needs something. It does. I just do. This first email comes to us from Leslie A. Thank you. Dear Frangela, I know you hear this all the time, but your humor and energy has kept me sane. I know there are more good people in the world than bad, but the bad people get so much attention that it causes elevated stress and feelings of hopelessness. Your Idiot of the Week provides essential relief. I was proud to become a Patreon to support you terrific women and enjoy the bonus three micro idiots each week. I appreciate the final word for keeping me informed and motivated to continue the fight for democracy and decency. I look forward every Friday to the Black Power Hour on the Stephanie Miller Show. Thank you for all you do. Take care and keep up the good work. Thank you, Leslie. This is why you are our favorite, yes. Leslie. And this is how you do it. This is how you live right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 
follow Leslie's example. <laughs> this next email is from Stacy K. Thank you. She says, good morning, ladies. I listen to you on Fridays with Stephanie Miller. I laugh and cry as I listen to all you have to say. I was introduced to the sexy liberal during the COVID lockdown. The best act you did was the one when you so sweetly explained what black people do. I was on the floor laughing. It was so sad that an act like that has so much meaning. Please keep up the smart comedy and feel free to do another act of what black people do. Maybe some of the right wing crazes will get the idea that we're all the same. Stay safe and healthy, Stacy. That was from the um, Sexy Liberal Virtual Tour, which I believe you can still buy. Mm-hmm. The I don't know if you can, um, the one that we did, our Madison show. Yeah. The one show that we got to do, uh, live show. But... And I don't know. We have to see if you can still get the other yeah. shows. Yeah. But it was a really fun bit because it basically it was stuff like we go shop, go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was so like. Forgot about that. Well, this is the, we did a lot of them. We had there's a lot of sketches, and like they were. Francis does an amazing Clarence Thomas. If you missed that. <laughs> I I think I did a passable Sonny Mayor, great. but that was, a great scene. Um, that was funny. The Supreme Court scene was amazing. And, and, uh, it was, and, and just, Stephanie is Amy Crazy Barry. <laughs> that was, it was so, it was really, really good. Funny. I do say really? so myself. Hal Sparks and John Fugel's like, but thank you, Stacey. Yes. And now. And this one is from oh, Eric. Oh, let me just frame Eric uh, G real mm-hmm. quick. Because he says things I like to hear. I love you both. Like yeah. that. I watched Stephanie Miller just to see the two of you. You were both brilliant and have important things to say that we should all hear. So seriously, Angela, how old is that phone you were dancing with this morning? Hilarious. I need more of you both. So I have a phone, like an old, but it's it's a new phone. You know, it's, what is the word I want? It's been made to look like an old timey right. phone. It looks in- Because I have a big tanker desk. And so it looks like an old timey phone, but it's, it's actually not even plugged in because we don't have a home phone line right now. <laughs> but I, because I'm a child, um i still i use props yeah. i'm a child actor i use props <laughs> in just talking to friends so uh yeah that's what he's referring to but thank you thank you and now it's time for resist this is where we give you something that you can do an actionable item that you can continue in your amazing resistance to all that is evil and wrong um in addition to making your calls to your senators and representatives about what's important to you in particular voting rights and uh the supreme court at 202-224-3121 this thursday and i think yes this will come out in enough time for you to know yes. this because it comes out on wednesday this Thursday, we will be uh, on the we will be on Feminist Buzz Kills Live, and in order to see that, you go to the Abortion Access Front page and YouTube their channel on YouTube uh, for at four p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you go to the Abortion Access Front channel there on YouTube, and you'll be able to see this. And it's a funny feminist show from Abortion AF, the Abortion Access Front. Uh, and it's a great show. It's uh, Liz Winstead, who is an amazing, you know, writer, um, activist and writer, creator, and and other incor- incredible people. They're they're doing this push to help protect our rights uh, and fight for our rights to safe abortion. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about who Abortion Front is. Uh, they are. <laughs> this is what they say. They say we are the abortion access front. We are abortion AF as fuck. Uh, we are damn proud of that, and we are here to serve. If you're 
abortion ass fuck sign up to kick ass and take names with us at aafront.org trust me when i tell you when you hang with aaf you will see exposing sexist shitheads has never been more rewarding you know you want to be a part of these people that's what i'm saying okay this the, the funny feminist talk show from hashtag abortion af you didn't know you needed when bs is popping off we pop off we are excited. We are so excited. So tune in and go to their website. Go to aafront.org and check out how you can check out what's going on in your community and how you can get involved. I'm Francis Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. Thank you so much for listening to 